This is Rob Smith, Rob's Right Podcast. A friend of mine sent me a link to a Mess NBC interview done by somebody named Ari. Ari, Ari out the house. It's getting, it's getting stinky in here. I don't know, Ari somebody at Mess NBC. So, uh, and, and I guess this is to argue about Trump. Now, look, tee off with this, as, as I've mentioned many times, I'm not a fan of Trump. Not a fan. I would love Ted Cruz to be our president. Now, four years from now, eight years from now, I would love Ted Cruz as president. I believe he would be outstanding. But all right, we've got, we, we have two choices. Well, there's, there's a number of them. There's also libertarians and socialists and everybody else. There's a lot of other folks running. But bottom line, objectively, practically, one or two people is going to be president of the United States and guide this country for the next four years. Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Donald Trump, who has shown in four years what he's able to do, he's able to do a lot. I don't necessarily like how he does it. I definitely don't like how he speaks. I don't like how he necessarily treats folks. I don't like how people he treats folks pretty much across the board. I don't I just I don't like Yankee New Yorkers. Never really cared for them, never usually get along very well with them. There are a few I've gotten along with, but generally speaking I don't get along with them. I'm a Southern boy. I'm a Florida boy. I like folks and I can be obnoxious myself. Listen to my voice go up. And yes, I can have uh, my, my hyperactive self can be awfully energetic and more New Yorkery than Florida Southern. But be that as it may, I don't like Northerners like Donald Trump. Uh, so, with that thought in mind, I want—I thought I would play this, and it's not going to be the easiest to hear, I admit. But I'm going to comment on this because I want to get back to my friend, and I figure, well, if I leave him a message where we talk about it, why don't I just do a podcast? Then I'm also covering other territory. The thing is, this is a 20-minute interview, and I don't want this to. That means if 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 someone's talking, and I'm commenting. This could be this could go on for an hour, and I don't want to do that. So I'll do this in parts. We'll start off, and let's see when I if I get closer to 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to cut it off and do a part two. But right now. Let's go. And I don't know when exactly. It says September 30th. And uh, uh, first of all, uh, to our exclusive panel tonight, former Trump insiders who filled senior roles for Donald Trump in business, communication and government, only to conclude that he's unfit for office or reelection. You're looking at people you may know. Yeah. So it's Michael Cohen, Anthony Scaramucci and Tony Schwartz. Uh, uh, the thing with Anthony Scaramucci that I find fascinating is that he was considered a, a, a crackpot when Trump picked him up. The media was going all over the place about what crackpot uh, he is, and it's just like Trump to pick up someone like Scaramucci. Now that Scaramucci's gone against Trump, suddenly he's a golden boy. It's unbelievable what happens. Uh, what I've read about Scaramucci is uh, Trump was stupid to pick him up to begin with, but that's Trump. He's Despite everything he said, one thing he's lousy at, he's proven that in four years, and that's hiring people. He is just dumb as a board at it. And, and from uh, from John Bolton to Scaramucci and on, he just, uh, sometimes he does good. Kaylee McEnany, Florida native, she does a good job. She's good. She's good. Uh, so there's some that she, he does well. And I think, uh, I see Ben Carson's a good hire, but he's in the wrong place. He should be he should be the you know during this whole 
pandemic, non-pandemic hysteria, he should have been the face of it all. But instead he wasn't. I think that was a horrible, horrible mistake that Trump made amongst many. But be that as it may. So their panel is of Michael Cohen, who has decided to turn on Trump. And it's not clear why, but Cohen also was carrying a lot of baggage that the media was was poking Trump about when Trump when he was part of Trump's world. Now that he's out of Trump's world, he's now also a golden boy and he's selling a book. And then Tony Schwartz it says that it, it, this guy is going to ask him, you know, when did you trust Trump and uh, or did not tr- trust Trump? And Schwartz says uh, from the word hello. Well, that means from the very time he was working on Art of the Deal, he Schwartz and and Trump made Art of the Deal. Schwartz didn't like him. So why? So this is not someone who's changed their colors. They've never changed their colors. They they never liked him. So we have we have two rather not good people. Um, uh, so and then a shorts guy. All right, let's go from there. Oh, I got to turn the sound up. Where's the sound? Where's the sound go? Hold on a second. Here we go. For joining this unique discussion at this important time, gentlemen. Ari, how are you? Good. 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 Appreciate you all doing this. We have set aside time tonight for conversation in depth, uh, but I do want to do quickly first two questions to each of you that are lightning round, basically one word only, uh, and then we'll get in deeper. So first, uh, your views of Trump at the debate in a word, Michael. All right. Can I use a hyphenated word? Yes. Fecal display. Anthony. Unhinged. Tony. Rabid. And the second lightning round question, given why in part you're here and in this role that you're playing as we go towards this election. Role you're playing. each of you met him, how many years in your account, in your mind, did it take to change your mind about Trump? Michael. A decade. Anthony. Seven years. Tony. Zero. I knew who he was at hello. And that is why he shouldn't be on the panel, because he's not someone who, uh, maybe he was a fan before they worked on the book, what was that, 30 years ago. Uh, but to have him on now is preposterous. Uh, so I, I, it's interesting to hear that they, uh, um, that that their feelings have, you know, the time it's taken for their feelings to change. It's not real clear if they really felt that way anyway. As I say, Cohen and Karen Scaramucci have a history of, of jumping ship a lot, and you're never quite sure where they're going to be, and apparently opportunism is, is the way of life for them. But that's, that is absolutely true of Trump. Trump, a lifetime Democrat, contributed heavily, very involved in Democratic things, suddenly becomes Republican and runs for president. Uh, that's something that comes out further here. Uh, again, that's one reason, another reason I don't like him is because I believe we have a Democrat in office. I know, golly, my Republican friends hate that. Uh, yes, he has some what could be conserv- considered rather conservative policies. His biggest points, though, involve trying to under, uh, under and I think correctly, undermine globalist business as trying to take over. They're the ones who are funding MSNBC. I mean, understand MSNBC is owned by an international corporation that loses money if Trump does his tariffs, because suddenly these giant companies don't have the money they have to buy the advertising. And I, there's no doubt, that, I, 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 I'm sorry, I have no doubt that these international companies are threatening uh, these, uh, you know, look, you, we, you guys have to start playing ball with us, and we need we need MSNBC, NBC, all these stations to go against Trump because we can't afford these trade 
but they could. Uh, also, basically, MSNBC, CNN, uh, CBS, ABC, ABC owned by Disney, which is a monstrous international company, uh, uh, very clear about their views of being not. And see, I think also have a problem with the leftist part. Globalists aren't leftists. They're they're what I call plutocrats. I consider the Bushes plutocrats. I consider Trump, uh, the Clintons are very clearly plutocrats. They do things for money, not necessarily for politics, because the media will not delineate those two. They will not do that. You're either right or left. There's nothing else. That's preposterous. So, so there's no sounding board for socialists. There's no sounding board for communists. There's no sounding board for anything but Republicans, Democrats. And they, it, media doesn't even like recognizing the liberal conservative, uh, liberal conservative side. They want to take those. Although, I mean, the Republicans, they'll tag with right-wing uh, radicals almost, but the left, they won't necessarily even call radicals. And, you know, Antifa was just some, uh, some, uh, uh, some, church, some church mice that, got, that, that, that just got a little out of control, but they're back in the church soon. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's go on with this. In your view, in your own telling, uh, raises some of the questions of accountability that we're going to get into. Uh, so that's a framework for part of why each of you are here. Uh, let's get right into it. Obviously, Michael, uh, you've spoken out about witnessing Donald Trump's bigotry behind closed doors. You've spoken about it now under oath. You've written about it. Uh, and so I want to go to you first. Take a look at this key moment in last night's debate. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. Stand by. Well, I, 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 it's a big mistake. Uh, that, that's the worst thing Trump did, uh, and that is not to say, look, white supremacists are, are... I mean, at least you could have said white supremacists are as bad as Black Lives Matter because they're basically the same, just looking at things differently. They're actually not. They're both looking that they want to separate a... Uh, they want to separate from others because of color of skin. The color of skin doesn't matter. They just want that separation. Uh, the, but uh, the, the funny thing that Trump did there was uh, the Proud Boys have a specific mantra, and that is stand back, stand up, or whatever it is. He, I mean, he knows it more than I do, <laughs> so, and he stated it. That's what, that was his response, was to state the problem. Now, now, the other thing is Proud Boys aren't necessarily bad. Are they radical? Yes. Are they as bad as Antifa? Oh, positively not. I mean, there's, they're nothing like Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Nothing. They've not been going down, burning down cities and, 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 and dousing police cars and, and, and exploding police cars and, and tearing down buildings and burning down buildings and killing people. No, they haven't done that. Uh, are they radical about uh, conservative issues and not uh, you know being being you know armed just as I mean less than but at least uh, but uh, you know less than the uh, Antifa and the and the other leftist radicals and the really they really something else the media doesn't like to talk about is that uh, how many uh, are anarchists are out there they don't they don't like to use anarchists again they want it to be left right they don't want confusion there so they can they can get their way but the anarchists out there are clearly uh, playing a different game all entirely uh, from what uh, no no comparison to what the Proud Boys are doing and the Proud Boys uh, there was recently a video of one of their meetings it was uh, they all were armed they were all wearing black uh, they were all talking about this country and how we need to defend it well 
We clearly needed, if we were going to have a country, you defend the country or you don't defend. You're either working with us or you're working against us. There isn't actually anything in between that. If you want us to have the United States of America, you fight for those goals. If you don't want us to have the United States of America, you want us to be basically, what's most interesting that has been pointed out too about Antifa is, and the anarchists, is they're basically looking to have a confederate state. They're looking, they're looking to separate from the U.S. They want the U.S. to separate into other entities and to get rid of the rule of law, which the Confederacy was not seeking, but they're looking to do. They want to get rid of the rule of law. They want people to do whatever they want. They don't They don't want any kind of legal thing until, of course, they get threatened and suddenly they want the police around or someone to protect them. Uh, the, the, uh, but but you know, all that's garbage. All that's garbage. If you want this country to exist, as Paul, as Paul Harvey so well said, self-government happens because of self-discipline. Self-discipline, self-government. No self-discipline, you don't have self-government. You don't have, there's no reason to have a constitution. There's no reason to have the United States of America. But it raises the question, that's how this country is founded, that's how this country is run, and why we've been successful. Since we've gotten away from it, we've been less successful. And you can rattle out the numbers. I mean, there's no doubt that we've gone downhill in business and socially and everything since we have been abandoning uh, the, the, very, the very articles of the Constitution and our country. All right, I'm 1257 and I've barely started. Let's get back. Hi to the Proud Boys and when he was asked about white supremacy. Michael, your view of that and what have you seen in your time with him that helps? I'm going to try to skip a little bit so I can move it off. What their vote of this campaign, um, and in this case, he's blew, he's blown his dog whistle uh, at the Proud Boys, and he's essentially called his supremacist horde, you know, to their battle stations. That's how I saw it. And it's now the Proud Boys are not white supremacists. That's very important. They are not white supremacists. They just want the country to run. There are blacks who are part of the white of, of the Proud Boys. There are blacks who are part of that. The, the left wants to portray that there are no black people supporting Republicans, and they won't show them even. I've seen examples of that. They, they do all they can not to show their black people uh, backing Trump. Well, there are a lot. I know a number of them personally, and they are far more fervent for that than than I am. Uh, so yes, I, I, there's there's a few running the campaign here in nor uh, this part of Central Florida. So yes, uh, there it's a big it's a big it's a big thing. So uh, Proud Boys, he, this guy is relating Proud Boys to white supremacists, and you really can't do that anymore. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's clearly Black Lives Matter is clearly a black supremacist. They, they, they there's video of that. Black, black should be making, uh, should be making uh, leadership, should, should be in leadership roles to take over and be controlling this country because of uh, this, this, uh, the surreal, abstract thing that was brought up about how we were treated in the past as if like what the hell are they gonna how can we make that any different i could get into the whole thing i have another pot couple podcasts about that go listen to those or i'll do another one if i need to if you want me to all right so let me get back to this it's really not what people think you have to really understand donald trump to understand and i do this a lot in my book disloyal what he's really thinking he's refusing to disavow them because they are now his army and he will call them to arms when he loses as an attempt to retain where is there any evidence of that anywhere any evidence he's concocted that whole idea they're, 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 the Proud Boys are an army. They're going to step up the Proud Boys, do they, will they even fill a room uh, they're not that many they're, I mean there might be a couple thousand how many are Black Lives Matter? No, 
hundreds of thousands? How, how many? How many hundreds of thousands did we see going through Detroit and Seattle? I mean, there are obviously uh, what ten thousand or so around Seattle that were controlling that area. Uh, there, t- you know, tens of thousands of people around the country that are Black Lives Matter that are willing to tear down this this country for their cockeyed views. You think that there are that many proud pr- boys? No, there aren't. That is that is garbage, and it shows where his mindset is. He, this guy's willing to say anything, and the idea that that Trump somehow has some is keeping them on a short leash someplace, stuck in a garage, ready to cut them loose. Why? He's got he's got the National Guard, the Army, the Navy, the Marines at his, at his fingertips right now. And why would he be? Why is he? Why would he be doing that? Who showed that they want will fight uh, an election? Democrats. The ones who said they wouldn't fight fought four years ago. They were not accept, and still today, four years later, the Democrats will not accept how that election turned out. Four years later, who do you think is going to fight? Democrats. When Obama won, did we fight? Republicans fight? No. That Trump wins. There's a fight. Oh, it's been stolen. All this garbage. Accept it, guys. It was he won it. That's it. He's been president for four years. There are four-year-olds running around. <laughs> you want to see how much, how much time four years is? Look at a four-year-old. What are you? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Control over power. This is he sees them as an army. They dress like an army. They behave like an army. They brandish the Trump flag, the Make America Great Again flag, as they walk down the street attacking people. This is his army, and he intends on... Where are the Proud Boys attacking people, except I, I believe that they uh, they went into a group of Black Lives Matter and there was some battle there, but that was a Black Lives Matter already fighting people and tearing things down, which is why they went there to begin with, to try to keep some peace and to keep the, these 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 uh, animals in check. These are domestic terrorists. Black Lives Matter is domestic terrorism. There's I don't see how you get around that. When you see cities go... When you see a city taken over, like Seattle was taken over with guns by Black Lives Matter, by these anarchists. That wasn't Proud Boys. Those guys, who are they vote for? Biden. Who who was who was who did all the burning down in Detroit? Who did the burning down in Minneapolis? Who did the fighting in, uh, in um, uh, Kansas City, Missouri? Etc. 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 Those are all Black Lives Matter. Those are all anarchists, and they're all supporting Biden. Those were Biden's boys there, kids. That is not Trump people. And look what they were doing. They want... And basically, that those attacks weren't to see how much people could live. They didn't give a damn if you lived or died. They are working for their cause. So you, to, if you don't agree with them, you should die. What concerns me... Well, my friend said this concerns him. Concerns me... I think these guys, if Biden becomes president, these guys slide away because this was all this was all a big PR show and funded by outsiders who just want Trump done. Now, if I'm wrong, then they will be back and they will be causing trouble and this will they they could make things much worse as they go after things and Biden refuses to act at all. Uh, I'm 18 minutes in. Let me see if I can get a little more in here because I haven't gotten very far. Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely right. I think that uh, listen. Trump is at a very, very difficult moment. He's been getting angrier and angrier over the past couple of months for what I believe, and see what these guys think, are two reasons. One, he increasingly believes he's going to lose, at least lose legitimately. And the worst thing in the world for Donald Trump is to feel like a loser. 
it's obliterating to him. The second thing is that if he loses, he's worried he's about to get criminally indicted and that he could end up in prison. Michael. All right, so that's that's insanity. All right, so he's a. I, I agree that. I mean, I'll look. Trump's got a hell of an ego. He, I think, it's a, a horrible ego. Uh, and everyone who gets in politics has to have an ego because you have to have the faith in uh, in yourself to, to to run for office. So of course you do. And so they, so he did. That's egoism. And there, you don't. And when you run, you don't want to lose. And, and Trump has a long history of always getting what he wants, winning whatever. He also lost a lot. But the idea that he's. Um, and he may be concerned about losing. But the uh, his second point... Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. So, so I, yeah, I mean, Tony's 100%. He's about to get criminally indicted. Oh, and that he could end. criminally indicted. The person concerned about that was Hillary four years ago. There was, there's still a good case to go after her. Whatever reason, the Republicans refused to, and they're not pushing it, and so she won't. Uh, she'll get away with this. Uh, I, I believe that's because there are other people that are benefiting from it who are Republicans or Democrats or whatever. All right, but uh, there's certainly a good case. I mean, her, her that deal for that uranium... It's all there. It's all there. It was criminal. Uh, if nothing else, get her on, on uh, for uh, get our RICO charges. I don't. They don't. They won't do it. All right, they won't do it. Uh, and I don't think they're going after Trump either. This all this is yapping stuff to try to get him elected. End up in prison. Talk about that as well. You know, in the book, and he is concerned. There are a multitude of investigations right now pending against him and the Trump organization and the way that he believes that he's going to stop them from continuing is to retain control and to retain the presidency. Right. You're both speaking about his view of everything, do or die, total war, uh, and the legitimate... Uh, And again, this is getting into where Trump's, why we shouldn't have New Yorkers as president, because they speak in extreme languages, and certainly Trump does that, and there you are. That's where all this... The power that might keep your liberty and keep you potentially out of other legal problems, or even, yes, uh, criminal legal exposure. But where's your criminal thing? Where are you going to go after? Based on what? Because he made decisions as president of the United States? So do we go after Obama? Do we go after Bush? Do we go after, you know, there's talk about trying to get Bush on uh, war charges or war crime charges at one point. I mean, there's more there's more basis for that than there is to go after Trump. What has Trump done that actually has violated any law? I keep hearing that from the left, and they're making up these ghosts, these spurious ideas, and they're scaring people, and they're making, their people actually believe this. Fine, show me. Where do you, where's your, where do you start to put Trump into, into jail? Based on what? There, I don't see anything. I'm not a fan of his. If I see it, I'd, you know, I'd take some credence to it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I do see some nuts who will do anything to get to get him out of office. And look, I have I have no doubt that both Cohen and Scaramucci and this other guy Schwartz all hate Trump. And this is to get back at him because Trump is a nasty guy. He's probably gone after all these guys in nasty ways. I know he said nasty stuff about Scaramucci and 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 the former lawyer Cohen. Uh, so this, this is just look. Oh, you're gonna do that? Fine. We'll get you out of office. And he probably said uh, he probably said to him, Oh yeah, you tried doing that. So they are. <laughs> and I think that's what's really behind this job is uh you have like others been very supportive of this president i think he's got some of the best political instincts in the world and perhaps in history he's done a phenomenal job for the american people he is giving people a license this is uh stuff that uh, scaramucci said before source of anger to go after each other 
walk us through how you, a very intelligent, well-educated adult professional, felt that way or said those things recently and land where you do today on this panel saying you've seen Trump up close and you're warning the American people. Well, I'm, I'm blaming the whole thing on Michael uh, Ari because he's the one that <laughs> I knew this me, was Mr. Trump. So, that if you want to defeat Mr. Trump, you have to accept what his strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, but my evolution really came from watching the president's I got fired. And I ended up uh, seeing a lot of things that you couldn't take. And so somebody, one of my liberal friends said, well, you know, he was the same guy in 2015 as he was in 2019 when you were going against them. So what do you say to that? And my answer to that is I'm not the same person. I'm yeah, he was picked on by Trump. He didn't like being picked on by Trump, so he goes after it. Scaramucci's got a history of being Trump. Be he, Trump and he are very similar. They're both uh, they're both brawlers. They both know uh, they do it with words, and they they do things behind the scenes. And they're both nasty people. And I've I, this is what's pushing Scaramucci. Uh, and if he if he doesn't believe it, fine. But I find it interesting. None of these guys are wearing Biden signs. If you feel real strongly, wear your Biden. At least wear a Biden sign. I would. I mean, if I was feeling strongly about who. Whoever, I'd wear a sign or something. Uh, but nope, that's that's not happening here. I'm way more psychologically minded. The way I got fired, the way I got roughed up by the experience made me more empathetic, more mature, and more psychologically aware of what's Revenge. going on around me. And it sort of broke me out of that cult. Oh, this guess. situation, they- the whole panel stays. Tony, I'm going to go to you. But this off-ramp is something any swing state voters looking at this, the final month of the election cycle. And one question is, after you go Trump, do you ever go back? In entertainment and politics, Trump's never been a broadly popular figure. He's no Oprah. But Trump has a small and fervently dedicated following. So it does matter how people break away. Small, dedicated following. Small. Small. Half the country did vote for him, like it or not. It was a tight race. Again, it's just that 3%. So it was a very tiny win, but it was a win. And it was not that. You can't say the 3% aren't the ones that are supporting him. It's that 53% that supported him. So you can't, uh, it's not a small group. Uh, I know here in Florida, it's not a small group. Uh, it's, it's a pretty large group, and they are real feisty. Way. What the off-ramp is, as Anthony Scaramucci just mentioned, as these colleagues of ours here from Donald Trump are going to get but lesser-known Americans, there are many who start out liking Donald Trump, believing him only to learn it was a con. And before politics, that included people who believed Trump would do what he said. Small business entrepreneurs back in 2005 who believed Trump would be personally involved in backing a marketing company they had when he never even showed up. All right, and this is where Trump gets into trouble here. Now, let me, I, I can explain this part. I know this because of uh, something that happened in Tampa where he was, uh, he, his name was going to go on a building. Well, what happened was the people who wanted to do the building wanted to put his name on there and sell it as a Trump property. It was, they were only buying his name. And, and he does what a lot of businesses, a lot of celebrities do. They will sell their name. And so Trump would sell his name to whatever. And that was it. And then, and then the people handling the business would screw up and say, well, we're going to have Trump come here and, He'll be part of things, and Trump, of course, is going to necessarily be there. His he's only he only sold his name. He might, you know, he might make arrangements for an appearance or something. But uh, and I, for example, this building in Tampa that was going to be right off of um, uh, it was on Ashley there on the along the Hillsborough River. Uh, the folks bought were doing the construction and negotiated with the Trump family, the Trump business, and got it bought his name to put on the side of the building, and so they did. Well, that's all that was about.
That was all it was about. But they thought they were going to get more. And they were wrong. Or they conned to th- others to think they were going to get more. And in the end, they didn't. They, didn't, they had trouble with the financing. Uh, tr- I think they were hoping the Trumps would come and back them. The Trumps didn't want to do that. So the whole thing fell apart. And the building was never, was never built. And Trump's name never, never went up there. So that, these, are, this, these are bad business decisions uh, amongst many that I know the Trump family has done. And that's where this stuff comes from. Instead of addressing it in this way... They address it as if Trump actually handled these things. Now, I understand the college thing was a little bit more involving him, but still it was more lending his name because Trump's not a professor. Trump has no education background to do this. So he had. So there were others that were vying this thing out. Now, he's about to talk about that here. They sued him for fraud and false advertising. Trump fans who believed that Donald Trump was doing public works through his charity which was literally shut down and fined for conning them because it was all a lie. Or, of course, the many Trump fans who spent up to $35,000 to get classes from Trump at Trump University where they found out it was a fraud. It, no it's Trump not it's, it's, there to do any teaching. Right, right. No, it's not that's a fraud. It was known. It has his name on it. It said, this is the Trump University. Here are the classes. Here's who's teaching. Trump's name wasn't there. That doesn't make it a fraud. It means you're not paying attention. And I, 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 you know what happened in Tampa when this building thing happened, which was about 22 years ago or so. I didn't like it. I thought this was all Trump's fault. And then I found out the backstory. Oh, here's what's really happening. They bought his name and the, the developers, as usual, developers are the bad guys. And Trump's been a developer. The Trump developers are bad guys and they, they, uh, they were using his name and then blaming him for the problem. No, the problem was theirs. They didn't get the financing they were supposed to get and it's their fault. And that's true for the university. That's true for so many other things. Trump Trump shouldn't be just selling his name to sell his name. Nobody should be doing that. You back something because you know what it is. So in other words, so Trump is certainly guilty of this, of having his name attached to something he doesn't even know what the hell's going to, and then it finds out too late. Uh, But that's... Uh, you know, that's how bi- the plutocrat business guys do. Now, Trump is not a plutocrat because he works to undermine uh, international globalist business because he does want things to be local and done here in the U.S., even though he doesn't necessarily always follow that himself. He, he's the only one who's been trying to do that uh, in our, almost in our U.S. history that really and has been successful doing it. Classes, no university to speak of. Something that actually converted the most... But, but look how MSNBC is lying about this. Outwardly lying. And saying that instead... That they lie, and their base of their lying is to say that Trump's lying. Uh, they're deflecting... I mean, why are they doing that? Why don't you just tell the truth? Why Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know? I, it'd be one thing for his opinion thing, but he's got, they've got three people on a panel who, by them, when they re-show up, are basically saying, I agree with this. It's okay. Go ahead. You lie all you want. But why would you do that? All you have to do is look this up. All I, all I have to do is look this up. And I'm uh, yes, if you're going to, uh, something else my friend did, if, if you're going to f- try to find backing information involving MSNBC, uh, you're doing the, I mean, uh, Fox, I, I don't watch commercial news or television at all, so I don't know what MSNBC or Fox or anyone's doing, but my last watching of Fox was that they're being way even-handed. They were, they had, I mean, Donna Brazil's on there. I mean, you don't get more left than Donna Brazil. So you've got Donna Brazil and and uh, you've got you've got some even-handed stuff going on there. I mean, uh, Greg Gutfeld leans conservative, but he is very much a libertarian, 100%. I disagree with Greg Gutfeld about 
a lot of things. Uh, but but uh, you, but p- people look at something like the five and say, okay, everyone here are everyone's a conservative except for one. No, that's not true. Uh, you have I, I mean, the big ones that what, that the kid I really hate who does the eight p.m. show on Fox. Uh, he is a he is a Trump no matter what guy. The rest of the panel is not Trump no matter what. They are not. If you listen to if you have, but you have to watch the program. Uh, to see that here, this is no Trump, no matter what, and that's not right. Be with him into a con victim seeking justice. This is the boom bust cycle we've seen of Trumpism. I say that not as a political observation, but as the evidence from Trump's own former and it's lie evidence or lies fervent supporters whose feelings often curdle into people who find themselves repulsed and repelled in the end. Former Defense Secretary James Mattis condemning President Trump, accusing the president of deliberately trying to divide Americans. The president's worst impulses can't be ameliorated. Well, if you Google the word sociopath, you'll get the first lit. So you go from General Mattis to somebody talking about sociopath. You don't have Mattis. The way it's spoken is as if Mattis is about to speak, it says someone else speaks. And then someone else starts talking about sociopath. What are you doing? I mean, if, if you don't realize that there's something, you should not be watching this because it's, it, it has one goal, one goal only, and all you have to know is they hate Trump. All right, I don't need to watch anymore. It's like Fox. If you know there's something like Sean Handy, Sean Handy's show is a complete waste of time because no matter how you slice it, it's always going to be Trump is the best guy in the world. That's it. So uh, there's no reason to watch it. Why? You're going to hear the same thing over and over again. Uh, take someone like Bill O'Reilly. You go with Bill O'Reilly, you don't know what the hell he's going to say. Bill O'Reilly's all over the place. Because he he has a logic and reason to get to conclusions. By the way, he does a podcast uh, daily, and it's worth listening to because he's not he's not pro. He's like me about Trump, and he's a New Yorker. Uh, so he's so. Uh, but you hear him; he'll he'll back whoever. Again, it comes to actual evidence, not this cockamamie stuff you're hearing here, or someone who says, "Look up what sociopath is." What a sociopath? You want you what? <laughs> And so what they do is they, they create an abstract and then fit their, they take their figure they want to beat the hell out of and make it fit their abstract. And so thus, and so thus equal, it's true, according to them. This will be the 10 key qualities of a sociopath. That is a perfect description of Donald Trump. I liked working for him, but when I saw how he talked about us when he started his presidency, I felt humiliated. The entire... Uh, and what the hell does that mean? So you have people saying things. I mean, for all we know, her next line was, but I love him. He's the best guy in the world. I don't know what she said next. It's a, it's a, and who is that lady? It says she once worked for him. Where? When? 50 years ago? 30 years ago? Yesterday? I don't know. Who are these people? They're just throwing... This is like... This is what Hannity does. He just throws things up. I will say Hannity will actually throw up things you know who the hell they are. Like, okay, this has a Channel 4 on it. So this is... This is uh, well, there's a number... No, it says, yeah, Miami. Look at mirrors. Do those stories of smoke and mirrors apply to this election? There are some echoes here. There's a farmer, Rick Tellis, who spoke out about regretting his vote for Trump and even spoke at the DNC. And there's data showing a portion of Americans defecting out of the Trump bubble. For example, did you know that in battleground states, now about one out of 20 Trump voters, 6% of his 2016 supporters, say they will not have any chance of backing him again. Uh, we turn that process uh, to each of you, starting with Tony. What is specific to the support that Trump endears 
that then is important to understand if someone's going to break uh, against Trump men or for him. There's a disease. I want to make sure you hear this. You know, women are overwhelmingly uh, against Trump men or for him. There's- All right, that is um, completely false. And that is coming through. Not, I'm not talking about some spurious survey. My personal experience, the greatest, most fervent followers of Trump are women. Men, like me, are the ones who awful about them. That is false. That is being said to tell other women don't support him. Wow, you go, I like to drop this Tony Schwartz into a room uh, where I was with Republican Federated Women a couple weeks ago. You drop in, you say that, and you're not going to come out of that room alive. I, uh, from, from the four years ago, five years ago, whenever when Trump's came down, women are the strongest supporters. I even know women, I don't even understand how they can support them, but they do. And you don't argue with them. They do. You can argue with men. Men don't discuss. Oh, maybe there's this, maybe that. Women won't. You don't discuss it. And I'm not just saying here in Florida. I'm actually connected to things in other parts of this country. And I'll tell you, it is women who are running. Women are, are, are uh, like here in Florida, here in Florida, our federated women is the most fervent, most focused group to get the president elected. The, the, the state Republican Party of Florida is run by men. Far less focused on that. I mean, far less focused. They will say they are. They will say they're doing that. But they're not as focused as the Federated Women. I will say Federated Women are almost too focused because they don't put enough time into all the other people running. And I found that out when I spoke to a couple of the candidates. And was I think I did a podcast about that. Very, very shocked at who was running. But that was because people, they aren't being vetted. There's more, there's too many, little, there's uber focus. And this is coming from women. That is a false thing he said and it's to it's to make it's to get women to believe they might be thinking the wrong way there's a disease that especially afflicts men and most of all men who grow up with a feeling of not being good enough well, I guess He's still trying to prove uh, his worth. So I mean, so his his whole thing is that uh, men are are uh, men are supporting Trump because they they want to be a man. Uh, I, that's not what I find. As I get, if I find weakness, it's in men. And I know a lot of men uh, like myself who are weak about this Trump. We were, I guess, we're. I mean, I'm going to go vote for him. I don't want to vote for him, but I don't got anywhere else to go. I just spoke to a friend yesterday who is just not going to go vote. Period. Uh, he is, I don't know what his wife's doing, but I know he's not, well, she probably won't vote either. That's another, I won't get into that. But anyway, he, he's not going to go vote because he's just, he doesn't like any of this. Again, women are the strength here, not men. He's wrong. Is why I feel such joy in giving away my royalties from the art of the deal to people and causes that can serve a greater good. To right, Joe Biden, him, and to Democrats fighting for Republican Senate seats, and to causes that try. I grew up in a blue-collar neighborhood. You know, my parents did give me a lot of love, uh, but we, you know, we were hustling. We were hustling for uh, in, a, in a tight budgeted family, and I was out out to do well and try to live the American dream. And I read the book that Tony wrote. I told him that when I was about twenty-three years old, and I was inspired by it. And, and so. For, for me, when I met Mr. Trump, and Michael did introduce me to him, so right. was a Ron Conto, but yeah. associating yourself with Trump. And so he, he and so he says, "Look, I'm I'm a hustler because I read Trump's book, and Trump was a hustler." And we again, these those two guys are a lot alike, and I I actually believe that they will be back together as friends 
you know, when I, sometime soon, sometime in the next number of years. These guys are too much alike. They're both, uh, they're both scrappers, and I, 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 they'll say anything. I believe Trump will say just about anything. He's a New Yorker. Scaramucci's a New Yorker. Cohen's a New Yorker. They say they speak New Yorkese. They they don't understand politeness. They don't understand being kind. They just say whatever they want to say to get their get to their goals. I don't know about the Tony Schwartz. Your case personally, but for many other Americans, it's at a distance. Did it make you feel bigger or better about yourself initially? Well, I would have to be honest with that and say no in the beginning. But when he won the presidency, yes, the presidency, that's where I made my mistake. My ego and my pride kicked in. And when your ego and pride kicks in, Ari, your intelligence, your emotions go up and your intelligence goes down. And so, yes, when he won the presidency... To go to work for or work with. All right. So, uh, so what he says, what he says is that uh, he, again, he's a scrapper. He's an emotional guy. Uh, emotionally, what uh, Trump did was build his ego. So he followed him. When Trump turned on him and 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 struck at, out at that emotion, now he was now you you basically stepped on his toe and he's going away crying. All right, I get it. Uh, that I mean, get understand that's where he's coming from. To your past self, when you speak, as people are listening to you now on this program, your book, your podcast, you're speaking sometimes towards people who are where you were a few years ago in terms of how they support Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah just to, to talk about what Tony had brought up, um, I grew up in a very loving home, and my relationship, even to this day, with my father is unbreakable. I love the man. I was never looking for a replacement father. What Trump was was more like a patriarch. It's a little bit different. But what really enticed me wasn't the money, like Judge Pauly used to say, uh, or what he said at my sentencing. It had nothing to do with the money. Like Anthony and, and Tony, I was very successful. I had done very well early on in my in my career. What attracted me, and I believe this is what attracts most America, is the stardom. It's that celebrity fame that he brings. As, as uh, Michael Cohen, who has always been who the, the left was saying was a weak individual who was just looking for stardom <laughs> by being hooked up to Trump, admits it on MSNBC. And, of course, he's a golden boy because he's against Trump. So now it doesn't matter. Now it's fine. Now it's fine. They wouldn't let me use the 757. Right. I mean, this was the life. I was on the board of Miss Universe Organization. You know the business card, big thick cardboard with this, with the gold. Is the it's it's the celebrity power that he brings. It's the I'm going to live my life, you know, larger than life, and that was something that attracted me. And I did things that, you know, like as Anthony says, I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. Yeah, because he's a shallow fool who never thought about what he was doing. He's an idiot. And specifically, I'm just pushing you. What do you say to people who? Are where you were then, and say, yeah, celebrity, the populism well, the is. Of, yeah, what do you sure, say to yeah. the whole purpose? The whole purpose of the book, Disloyal, is go to the store, buy some Visine, put Visine in your eyes, and clear, clear your vision to and see that Donald Trump doesn't care about anyone or anything other than himself. But is that wrong? Is that wrong? Now I'm not. I I am an objectivist about many things. I am not 
a typical objectivist who says who says those thoughts that uh, is it, you you do things for yourself first. You make yourself happy first. If you make yourself happy, you make others happy. I think there's some truth in that, but I don't go along with that whole viewpoint of, of the nihilism of it all. I just can't. It just it, we are not that humans are not that important, and individually we're not that important. Uh, folks don't like that, but that's where I am about it. Be that as I, I'm, a, I'm an anti-humanist. I don't believe in humanism. Uh, Trump is clearly a human. Uh, this Cohen's clearly a humanist, and so is Caramucci. Uh, both spoken very, very humanist things here. Uh, the goal to do best for yourself uh, is is uh, usually goes hand in hand with the idea that you then work to do better for others. Uh, is that true for Trump? I, I, that could be argued in many ways. Uh, I would say that if you look over the history of him, one thing is true. He has always been there for various charities and charitable causes and poured money into him. Did he do it just to pour money in? Did he really mean it? Well, I have to think he had some meaning to it because he, he, did, he did run for president. He didn't have to. He's a multimillionaire. He could be off sitting on a beach someplace. He doesn't have to do that. So, I mean, you do that because you have some faith that you can, you can make some change. Did he do it just because he wants to say, I'm president? Well, there is some argument to that, but I don't think it's valid because... He has. He hasn't just become president, sat in an office, not done anything. In fact, the whole argument the left has is that he's been doing too much. He's been doing. He's been. He's been. Win, you know, his winning stuff has been against the, the country. Well, if he's been so busy, then he obviously isn't doing it just for himself. He's doing it for what he feels is important, involving the country. And he's been acting on things he said he was going to do, and he's been stopped by the Democrat Party. I, you know, if, if, if Biden wins, I hope that the uh, Republicans will. Uh, they didn't do it last time. <laughs> I can only hope this time. But the Republicans react and do to the Democrats what the, the Democrats did to the Republicans because it's been horrible what they've been doing. Uh, I, you know, I haven't mentioned anything here. Let me. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to 44 minutes almost. I don't want to get to an hour. Uh, you know, I could wrap this up. Uh, all right, let me see how much further. I want to get into mm-hmm. Biden. I want to read from the book, as you mentioned, Michael, about this challenge, this dilemma you guys are going through, because you said, here's the thing, after much of what you recount, I care for Donald Trump even to this day, and I had and still have a lot of affection for him. Uh, To channel, I think the question many would have, why? It's the different Donald Trump. It's not the Donald Trump as the president. It was the former Donald Trump. And the Donald Trump I was referring to in that paragraph was the fun Donald Trump. Uh, Anthony will attest this. We had a lot of good times together. I mean, going out for dinner with him was, you know, always a, it was a celebration. Right, you see where this is going. U.S. Open. So, 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 uh, so, uh, so you're hearing what it is. He, this guy was set up to believe he was going to be a star in the Trump administration. Uh, instead, things turned on him, and he, so he turned on Trump. You can see all this here. What about- he, he never gives, he never says specifically what it is because he doesn't want to admit, neither of these guys, because apparently both were fired because uh, Trump turned on them. And they don't want to admit that they didn't have the strength to try to work with Trump because you're, that's just, you could tell, you hear these two guys, all three guys really, they're, they're not going to stand up to this guy. And that's fine. That shows a certain strength, but also shows a great deal of weakness. And it's clear, especially Scaramucci comes across extremely shallow. And I believe Trump's shallow. But this guy, Scaramucci, is really shallow. It's true what I know about New Yorkers. They're, they're, real, they're full of blust and bluster and, and pompous on the outside, but inside they were 
empty, which is the reverse of the Southerners, where they'll be very kind on the outside, but they'll kill you from the inside. To go through, I, I showed those other examples because so much is polarized right now. It's easy to forget that if a belief system is based on something false, as long as you're debating the underlying falsehood, you're not really going to move anyone. I mentioned those people because they did like Donald Trump. They weren't mad that Donald Trump, uh, you know, did something in their view that was terrible. They were just mad he didn't even have the decency to show up to a date he made to teach a class. And they believed him. Um, what does that tell you about the, the challenge in these weeks ahead with the debate last night hanging over? Well, first of all, look, there's 30 percent or around there that are immovable. They they are part of a cult, as as probably Anthony and, and Michael would say they were. Um, I, I said that. I didn't feel part of a cult. I felt like I was doing something for the money. It was a decision that I am ashamed of and that I've come to regret, but I knew exactly who Donald Trump was from day one. I knew that he was a liar and a cheater and a and a sociopath so what's he doing on his panel the you know i struggled with this all through the writing of the book uh and but he took the money anyway i don't want to i don't need to be defending myself because now he's donating it what was he donating it 30 years ago carry this to my grave are you are you defending your value tony am i defending my value um that's a trick question from you, Ari. I know you. You're 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 setting me up for the second question. Well, it's what only a it? trick because Tony. I read Tony. Tony writes about making the mistake of falling into only defending your value instead of growing from from your mistakes. So yes, but go ahead, Tony. Finish your thought before I turn to to Michael. So I just think that the most important thing that you about less than a minute here. person who's sitting on the fence right now is. Are you proud of this country? Do you feel better than you did when Trump came into office? Because it's very much like the question about, you know, that that, that was asked years ago. I, I'm now I'm not remembering yeah. who asked it. I think it was Jim Carville who came up with the question, you know, are you doing better than you were? Americans, Trump's supporters, Trump's opponents, most Americans do not feel happy with the country they're living in. And who's been leading that country right. for four years, Donald Trump? And, and I think that's important. Look, we're starting this conversation, and it's, it's very easy to stand at a distance and just issue broadsides. It's harder to do, I think, what each of the three of you are doing, even if people have criticism. <laughs> All right, and just he ends it right here. All right, so this is people aren't happy with the country. Because the media has done all they can to make them unhappy. They, it's just endless barrage of garbage. Trump didn't, Trump didn't cause a, vi- a virus. Trump reacted to the virus actually more than Obama did and, 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 and acted on the, on the problem. And when he did act on the problem, the Democrats complained. You're going to shut down the borders? Typical racist Trump to shut down the borders. They waited six months later to say, he should have shut down the borders sooner. You know, there's, again, the Republicans don't do this to Democrats. We are, we are way too kind, way too nice. We shouldn't be. 
the idea that uh, it also uh, the uh, idea that there's a financial problem is because we shut down things because of this virus hysteria, blown way out of proportion. I have doctor, nurses, friends who all say we blew, have blown this way out of proportion. We did that. We the people let this happen. We the people. The only reason things are closed, we let things get closed. Things got open because we complain. Enough of us complain that they need to open. Knock it off. Some people are going to get sick occasionally. That's okay. We can't let make everyone suffer for one person getting sick. That is wrong. The minority never, ever, ever should determine what the majority is doing. Some people say, some people, oh, how dare you? You're, gonna, you're cutting people out of society. I say, fine. We'll put five people in a room. Five people say to kill the one guy. But the one guy says, no, don't kill me. So we listen to the minority. We don't listen to the majority. So who's right? Of course, we shouldn't have people killing each other. But if one person says don't, and the other people say yes, so which is it? And I'm not saying that as a reactionary. I'm using that as an objective. I'm taking, an, if I will, an intellectual thing, argument. Much as I was bringing another argument that I think is important uh, that we recognize the difference of, of, of approach to things is to see that though one ideal can be put about who determines whether that ideal should be followed through or not. And that is really the discussion that you start to really get into involving uh, something like Trump. Is it that is Trump the one guy and the other five or is the other five Trump and one guy is, is that making sense? I, I, I love this uh, uh, this thing I picked up when I finished one of Thomas Sowell's books recently about Russian roulette uh, about doing surveys. If you do a survey of uh, if you put out a survey about Russian roulette and, and, and ask uh, how many of those who have played Russian roulette, I mean does is Russian roulette harmful? Let's ask let's do a survey about it. So send out a survey. Everyone who answers, you know, did you survive Russian roulette? And they all, of course, they all answer. And the result, of course, is they all survived. So thus, the headline is Russian roulette. No one ever dies from Russian roulette. Everyone survives. We have to understand that when we start to segregate like that and start to say one over another, we have to make sure it's in the correct context and not just, uh, oh, everyone, Trump has destroyed people's lives in four years. Where do you see that? Every economic indicator shows that businesses have done better and people have done better too. Every single economic indicator. The the, uh, darker skinned people have never done better since since 1960. Since 1960. The numbers have gone down during uh, the economic policies by Kennedy and especially Johnson. Johnson blew a hole into the black community. And the Great Society was the downfall of of the black community brought on by the Democrat government of, of LBJ, who hated blacks. LBJ hated blacks. So he that was his way around. <laughs> that was his way to it. Uh and he put he he was he basically uh, the Great Society in, enhanced uh, and forced and pushed more welfare and such, so that people found themselves wanting to or then embracing. And once they did, once you embrace something like welfare, it's hard to get back into the working world, and so you end up stuck there. Uh, so when it comes to the last four years, 
Trump has made things so so the businesses opened up and 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 opportunities were greater and the people of darker skin were able to take advantage of that and and and, and build up businesses and build up opportunities and build up money. Whereas you can't do that if you're stuck with welfare state determining your life. The some some bureaucrats stuck in an office someplace that's waiting for their pension. They're not going to do anything for you. We have to be careful as to who determines what and who's saying what. When things, when groups like this get put together, it is wrong to say that th- that you listen to this. What disturbs me most about this mess NBC uh, interview is that uh, it's showing that this came out September 30th, so six days ago. In those six days, one million eight hundred sixty-five thousand nine hundred forty-six people have viewed it. I'm one of those. I guess I've viewed it now twice because I ran it once, and then I did. I'm doing this podcast, so I'm running it twice. So uh, less those two. All those people saw this. Are they going to believe this? Because it's all garbage. I mean, I, I mean, not all of it. As I said, Trump is is Trump a shallow individual who uh, has is, is driven by his ego to some extent or a great extent. Yep. Is, is he a lifelong Democrat? Yep. Uh, is he? I mean, I think that's one of the things this uh, Schwartz guy did when he was doing Art of the Deal. He, he had a, he had a Democrat in front of him who is not necessarily sounding consistent that way, and that makes you wonder just who the hell you're dealing with. Uh, the consistency is fine, but you do, you don't have to be uh, locked into views. Uh, again, I'm not supporting. I mean, I I'm not a fan of Trump, but I am going to vote for him. Why? Joe Biden is an empty soul, despite what he said. Uh, very important what the Schwartz guy said about four years. And uh, and again, getting back to uh, a minority view, that Trump's only been in office four years, and people are saying they're not doing well in society. Well, Biden has been in office for nearly 50 years. And people aren't doing well today. Who does that really speak more badly of? The one who's not been in politics very long, a couple of years? Or that, that person who's been in politics for two generations? Got to think about that. That's my problem with Biden. He's had 47 years. And the other thing is, and because I've, I've, I've been following his career since the 1980s. I've been in politics since then. And it's always bothered me how shallow Biden is. Biden's a very shallow person who has doesn't have a lot to his core. He's an aw shucks golly gee whiz. I, he is no Jimmy Carter, though he tries to reflect that to some extent. Because uh, Carter could actually, Carter had a history of getting things done when he was in Georgia. He was successful. And he, when he did his aw, aw gee whiz golly whiz, uh, golly gee whiz thing, uh, that that just gave him charm. It gives Biden's some charm too, but it's empty. His accomplishments in, in almost 50 years has been very, very low. Uh, and it's very sad that he's not stood up more. As is pointed out, I mean, he's gone against things that uh, things that necessarily weren't the best things for people of darker skin, but still. Or as Ted Rawl, who is a left of lefty leftist, uh, but he brings up some great points um, that it's, it's uh, who has voted for wars more than almost anyone else in politics right now. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I, I think it's a little strong. Rawl points out that basically Biden has blood on his hands of you know hundreds of thousands of soldiers who've died since the since for the last fifty years because he's voted for just I think he's voted for every war that's happened and and during the Obama administration there's no effort to pull back whereas 
Trump has pulled back. That's one of the reasons you got the war machine, the international war machine that wants Trump out. They want they want U.S. back at war so that the uh, uh, the munitions factories can back get back in business, the tank builders, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, the, even transportation. You don't know how much money's in in war. It's unbelievable. But anyway, they want they want that to get back in action again, which then drains our funds, which puts us more in debt, and so on and so forth. Biden is a horrible choice for president. Again, the Democrats had twenty seven candidates. 27! You end up with Biden? Biden? And then you take Harris. After, I mean, if, if the Black Lives Matter thing had happened, I could say, okay, you took Harris, fine, I get it. But after what happened with Black Lives Matter, you take Harris, with apparently the grand, great, great, great granddaughter of one of the great, uh, one of the gr- worst, not great, greatest, bad, greatest, worst uh, slaveholders in uh, human history. Whoa. Even even the Snopes apparently has something questioning that. What what what? what? I, I'm going to do a separate podcast about that. I'm going to do a second podcast about that. Snopes apparently, and this is my friend I'm responding to here. That was his other thing he sent me. Oh, I'll just do it. I'm going to finish this up at, at one hour. So Hamilton Brown was was handled slaves throughout um, Jamaica. He had many plantations, and there's it's unclear because records weren't well kept at that time how many slaves he had. Plus, uh, it's known that in the islands, you basically uh, your slaves were disposable. You used them for a while. If you didn't like them, you you know you just chopped their head off or put a bullet in their head if you had a gun, and you whatever you threw them in the ocean. Get, you chum for the sharks. Uh, you just replaced them because you do the constant running of uh, the of, of people coming in out of various parts of the world. It wasn't just Africa. The source of slaves were all over the world. In fact, the greatest source of slaves were, were from Europe. But uh, but uh, European countries going, uh, the Slavic countries, it's all in Slav, where the word slave comes from. Anyway, so so Hamilton Brown was one of the worst, and I know about it because of my studies of Florida history and and how those the the slave content of the islands had a direct effect on America. Because well, or what was was would later.